everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Arenda Talks. I'm your host Arenda and today I'm going to talk about Netflix Bridgerton. Although the series are based on the books of Julia Queen's best-selling novels, it's logical that the series is in some way different than the books. Some things in the books just doesn't work on screen. The curse of filmmaking. In the first season of Bridgerton, we followed Daphne Bridgerton, the eldest daughter of the powerful Bridgerton family, as she makes her debut onto London's competitive marriage market, hoping to follow in her parents' footsteps and find a match sparked by true love. Daphne's prospects initially seems to be unraveled, but as her older brother began to rule out her potential suitors, the high society scandal sheets written by the mysterious lady Whistledown, narrated by Julie Andrews, cast aspiration on Daphne. Then she meets the highly desirable and rebellious Duke of Hastings, committed bachelor and the catch of the season of the debutant's mamas. Despite proclaiming that she and the Duke don't want nothing the other has to offer, the attraction is unavoidable, and sparks fly, as they find themselves engaged in an increasing battle of wits while navigating society's expectation for their future. The talk of the town in season 2 is that Viscount Antony Bridgerton intends to find a wife. Though his plan is to marry not for love, but for proctility, he sets his signs on Adrina Sharma, who is everything a young lady of London society should be. But none shall have her hand without winning overprotective older sister Kate, whose disdain for Antony turns imperceptibly and most inconveniently into a burning forbidden love. Elsewhere, the Featherington family lives day to day with the secret of their financial ruin and the quest to unmask Lady Whistledown, yields new leads for the Queen, and a detour for Eloise that takes her even further from life as a debutante. All of this comes into the decorous Bridgerton packaging. In Georgian finery and string-quartered pop covers and walks along the promenade, everything is warm and vibrant, sun-kissed by colorist and wardrobe designers and lustrous lens flare deployed freely. Season 1 we all watch Bridgerton for the plot. I know I do. The title relating Regency Romance is absolutely taming with plot lines that grab our attention with zero distractions. Plot, 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 plot. I love it. Bridgerton is based on Julia Queen's series of romance novels and centers around the many siblings of the Bridgerton family. They lost their father about 10 years before this first season. 
They are also named in alphabetically order. Anthony, Benedict, Colin, Daphne, Eloise, Francesca, Gregory, and Hyacinth. Each season of the show will focus on one of the siblings finding love. But there are other families in London stirring up scandal and looking for love as well, like Cressida Crowper, the resident mean girl, the garishly dressed Featherington sisters, and Queen Charlotte herself. We are introduced to the main characters in the series. First, the Bridgertons, which are made up of the widowed Lady Violet, Bridgerton and her eight children. There are also Tfiddertons and their three doctors, Prudence, Philippa and Penelope. Both families want to get their children wed to good suitors. Lady Portia Featherington feels she is competing with the Bridgertons. We are also introduced to an anonymous source called Lady Whistledown, who published a gossip newsletter keeping the community up to date with the latest rumors. The social season starts for the, the girls in both families to start searching for a husband. Their first stop is being presented to Queen Charlotte, who picks Daphne out of the selection for being flawless. At a party hosted by Lady Denbury, Daphne bursts into Simon, the Duke of Hastings, who has recently inherited the title from his dead father. The pair agree on a ruse plan to fool people to avoid being set up with other people. However, Simon decided not to continue with this plan and leaves town. By this point, Daphne has fallen in love with Simon and is arranged to marry Prince Frederick. After going backwards and forwards with Prince Frederick, Daphne talks to Simon and demands he married her. She realized Chrysite Crowber saw them making out. Simon then reveals he can never give her children because of a grudge he held over his father. However, at the end, Daphne and Simon get married and welcome a baby to the world. The first series focused on a lot on Daphne and Simon's relationship, but in other storylines, Marina and Penelope Fiddleton both developed a crush on Colin Bridgerton. Lady Whistledown's true indemnity is revealed to be Penelope and Lady Fiddleton discovered that her husband has driven entire family into debt and lost their daughter's drawries. Let's talk about some of the characters in season one. Daphne Bridgerton. The titular family's eldest daughter is disappointed after the queen names her the diamond of the first raider, but no suitable suitors show up on her doorstep, other than the undesirable Lord Burbrook. Men are so easily intimidated. 
she enlisted her older brother, Rakesh's friend Simon, the Duke of Hastings, so to pretend to be her suitor and protect her from Burbrook's creeping. Fake dating alert. The plan works and Daphne nearly secured an engagement with a handsome and perfectly agreeable prince. But, of course, real feelings have developed between her and Simon. When the two are caught kissing in the garden, Daphne agrees to marry him in order to avoid a scandal. The Duke tells her that he cannot have children. Relying on her lack of sexual experience and knowledge. He actually just doesn't want to have children and is really good at pulling out. Daphne eventually figures this out. There's also a bit where she adjusts to becoming the lady of a country house. That pretty much works itself out. They fight. They make up. Someone changes his mind. They have a baby now. Simon Bassett. While this is going on, we learn that Simon Bassett has made a personal vow never to marry or have children. His mother died in childbirth and his father was cruel. So in the spirit of revenge, Simon promised his father that he will never give him an heir. However, at the beginning of the season, Simon's father dies, so Simon comes to London and settles his affair. He also does a little boxing while he's in town because, you know, all hot guys on TV shows box now? His friend and boxing instructor Will Modridge served as a mentor. So does Lady Denbury, a family friend and doyen of London society. Maria Thompson. Next to Daphne, the second most popular young lady on the London marriage march kit is Miss Maria Thompson. But she has a secret. Marina is pregnant. The father of her child is off to war. But while she's willing to wait for him, her family wants her to secure a husband ASAP and tried to pass off the child as his own to avoid a scandal. Well, who isn't trying to avoid a dang scandal on this show? <laughs> Marina goes to stay with the Feddington's family in order to make that happen. A lot of Dunson and George, including a bit where Lady Feddington's fakes a breakup letter from George, her soldier boy. Marina chose Colin Bridgerton as a decent man to entrap. At the end of the season, however, George's brother Philip appears and proposes. She leaves to live with them. Happily ever after? Hmm, who knows. Eloise Bridgerton The next eldest Bridgerton daughter is awkward and bookish. And in my opinion, even a little selfish towards her best friend, Penelope. Although she is awkward and bookish, she is not shy. 
Eloise has no interest in growing up and getting married. But she does have a lot of interest in the identity of Lady Whistledown, the gossip girl of Bridgerton. She's even hired by Queen Charlotte to solve the mystery, but is unsuccessful. She thinks it's Guinevere Delacour, the modest, but Madame Delacour has an alibi. Penelope Featherton Eloise's best friend comes from a family that wishes to appear high in society but has money problems after money problem building under the surface. What's more, the Featheringtons are playing host to our cousin named Maria who much more traditionally pretty and mild-mannered compared to Penelope and her sisters. Penelope has also a major crush on Colin Bridgerton, the third youngest son. When Colin falls in love with Marina, she starts to spiral. Penelope tries to manipulate the situation with Colin and Marina, but it backfires at almost every turn. Oh, and Penelope is a hundred percent Lady Whistledown. Fingers crossed she tells Eloise before she finds out. Penelope is one of my favorite characters on Bridgerton. Not only because she is like an underdog, but also I think she has been underrated as a character. Colin Bridgerton. Penelope's crush really is a cinnamon roll. She has good taste. He gets easily tricked into falling for Marina and even offers to marry her just to help once he learns the truth. At the end of the season, he announced that he's going to study travel abroad to figure some things out. For Penelope's sakes, let's hope that one of the things he figures out is that Sometimes the one you're me meant to be with is right in front of you all along. Benedict Bridgerton The second son has an artist's heart. He doesn't get up to that much in season one, compared to his brothers. He mostly is there to commiserate with Eloise over not fitting into society. He also spent time at an underground artist club with Sir Henry Grenville, a painter with a wife, a mill lover, and a lot of friends. At the end of the season, Benedict has stuck up a romantic affair with Madame de la Croix, the town's enterprising modelist. Anthony Bridgerton the eldest Bridgerton brother has two main objects in season one. Finding who he's deemed to be a suitable match for his sister Daphne and maintaining his clandestine affair with an opera singer named Sienna Rosso. He's pretty annoying when going about the former. He's the one who scared away pretentious suitors and set her up with Burbrook, 
Although he does come to Daphne's aid when Barbara assaulted her. He also challenged Simon to a duel when Simon and Daphne are caught snooching. Well, chill out, dude! His relationships with Sienna give us a peek into an emotional side. And some other sides. Unfortunately, Sienna is working class. Anthony isn't here. Can I make it any more obvious? He can't marry her. He can't even take her to a ball. She grows tired of their temporary arrangement and breaks up with him. Seeking independence and a secure future. At the end of the season, a heartbroken Anthony vows to remove love from the equation and find himself a wife. We'll see how well that works out in season 2. Lady Dunbury Lady Dunbury is Simon's mentor who took over his care when his father rejected him. Lady Dunbury was a dear friend of Simon's mother Sarah. When Sarah became pregnant and prepared to give birth, Lady Danbury came to the estate to be at her side. However, Sarah's husband, the Duke, wouldn't allow her into the room. What is very an idiot, but okay. The legendary acerbic lioness of a downrager who runs this town. Unconcerned with the rules of the polite society, Lady Denbury is a straight straight shooter, both formidable and a little scary. And while her judgment may be sharp, they're always accurate. She's one of my beloved characters from Bridgerton. And as you hear, she is just a lady you won't have around. She can be very, very nice and very uh, soft in a way, if I can say it like that. But she also is sharp. And because she has so uh, been living so long in the high society and what all scandals there are around, etc., etc., and I believe she's even close friends and family with Queen Charlotte. Um, I think she is the one who, I don't want to say keep everyone in line, but she is like some kind of a fairy godmother, if I can say it like that. And she is straight, but she is fair, and she is in that way not just mental, but more like she has an having an advisable role. And you know, I see her like, um, and there's a strange one I'm going to say now, but uh, if you know Star Trek Discovery and watched it, I s- compare her with the nuns of Kuat Mulat. That kind of a type 
type of person she is. But I love her whole character in like how she's acting, how she is turning the main characters and advising them in what's best for them to do. So in one way, not only Lady Whistledown has a hand in what's happened in society, but also her only she is a permanent marker and a permanent person that everyone knows and can see. Queen Charlotte. Queen Charlotte is Queen Consort of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland, as well as the wife of King George III. Known for her commanding and dignified nature, she is the leading and most powerful figure of the town, or if you can want to say high society. The veritable tastemaker of London society, Queen Charlotte finds herself living for the sordid gossip that Lady Whistledown prints. Though she swears she is above such managing musings, it's only when the town news gossip writer takes aim at the palace that Queen Charlotte knows she must do something about it. Season 2 Duty, Desire and Scandal collide when the fish count Anthony Bridgerton decides to marry, only to meet his match in an intended bride's headstrong big sister. In the first episode of Bridgerton Season 2, we see that Anthony Bridgerton, the eldest sibling and head of the Bridgerton household, grows intent on marrying as a way to fill his duties. While he isn't exactly looking for love, he expects perfection from his wife-to-be. In the meanwhile, the Sharma family, consisting of Lady Mary and her two daughters, Kate and Adrina, arrive in London. The replacement of the head of the Fillington family, Lord Jack, also arrives. And let me tell you, he is a scoundrel. I really never ever liked him, but okay. And much like the Sharma family, he comes with secrets. As Lady Whistledown continues to print letters, members of the high society speculate whether Lady Whistledown is actually one of them. With gossip of Lady Whistledown growing, Queen Charlotte is eager to learn who she is. Anthony and Kate soon come to odds, and when Andrina gets chosen as the diamond, Kate makes it vocal that she finds Anthony an unsuitable match for her younger sister. As for why Andrina is the diamond, it's probably as a way for Queen Charlotte to use her in an attempt to learn the identity of Lady Whistledown. Speaking of, Eloise wonders whether she has found the print shop that Lady Whistledown uses. Whilst courting Andrina, Anthony and Adrina 
continue to fight their feelings for each other. Anthony's reasoning comes from his father's death. Flashback. Violet's grief at Edmund's death, which Anthony saw front and center, making him vow to never find true love in fear of the grief that it may cause. However, Kate reveals that one, once Adrena and Anthony marry, she will return to India. After Lord Jack makes himself comfortable in London, he comes clean to Portia that he is broke. And so the pair decide to use fake rubies to rebuild their missing world. Once news of Anthony and Adrena's engagement spreads, Adrena's grandparents, the Sheffields, arrives in London. With clear and emotional city, there an argument during dinner. In the aftermath, Adrena learns about the trust fund the Sheffields have set up for her, only for it to be removed when Anthony disinvites them for the wedding. Lord Jack and Portia sell ruby necklace, although Portia makes it clear that she does not want the Bridgerton family to be victims of their crime. Queen Charlotte brands fake rumors in the bid to pick out Lady Whistledown. And as the wedding starts, Adrina realized that Anthony and Kate have feelings for each other. Once Adrina storms out of the wedding, she refuses to marry Anthony. Well, Queen Charlotte believes that she has finally located Lady Whistledown. Based on her findings, Queen Charlotte accuses Eloise of being Lady Whistledown. In the aftermath, Eloise fears for her future and for safety and for the safety of Theo. In a bit to save her friend, Penelope writes a ugly story about Eloise, a story that drastically upset Eloise. Lord Jack's Kim feels Lord Jack's feels after Collins works out that he is a fraud. Once Colin privately tells Portia about his findings, Lord Jack suggests that he and Portia flee to America. Anthony and Kate continue to try and fight the desire for each other. However, in a moment of weakness, the pair have sex. The morning after, with Kate feeling enormous feelings of guilt, she goes horse riding. It nearly results in a tragedy when Kate nearly suffers a life-threatening fall. In the time that follows, and fearful for Kate's health, Adrena gives her sister for what occurred between her and Anthony. Kate soon regains consciousness, and with a blessing from Adrena, Kate and Anthony dance together before engaging in a romantic relationship. As Portia is aware that Lord Jack doesn't care about the future of her daughter, she turns on him, keeps the money from the scheme for herself, and sends Lord Jack to America. <laughs> Good riddance. Finally, after 
Eloise truly hears Penelope gossiping for the first time, Eloise realizes that Penelope is Lady Whistletown. Uh-oh. Naturally, an argument follows. Eloise tells Penelope that their friendship is over. After a six-month time trip, it gets shown that Anthony and Kate have got married. Ultimately, like he wished to be at the start of the season. Anthony is now married. Well, Kate, who had originally expressed her wish to remain unmarried, married her true love while maintaining the sisterly bond that got threatening throughout Bridgerton season 2. Kate and Anthony got married. It sure did take these two a long time to get there, but Bridgerton season 2 finally did. In fact, see, Kate and Anthony tied a knot, make with the bang bang in an actual bad <laughs> play a slightly less competitive game of Pall Mall. Well, okay, fine. Viewers didn't exactly see these two get hitched, but we know why, right? Kate and Anthony were Thomas and each other's sexy sides from early in the season, with her trying to make sure that her youngest sister, Adrena, would actually find a love match, and him determined to find the perfect woman to call Lady Bridgerton. As Anthony became more attached to the idea that Adrena would do the trick, though he and Kate were also sharing more and more longing glances, secretly changing banters, and doing things like touching while being alone. Oh dear. Things went so far that Anthony and Adrena make it to the altar, but this led to the innocently in love lady finally seeing that her groom and older sister had big hearts for each other. Adrena smartly calls off the wedding, leaving Kate and Anthony free to enjoy some still potential ill advice kissing and that very altar and a hot pleasurable for both parties outdoor sexaton leading to their off-screen nuptials in the final. Yay! Love, love, love! Eloise discovered that Penelope is Lady Whistledown. Obelisk, guys, this is a big thing. We all knew that it, it was entirely possible that Blossom Buddies, Penelope and Eloise would have their friendship torn Asunder by the reveal of sweet pants on the cover, hustle as a now minor Lady Whistledown. This came to pass in the final, when, while at the Fedek Tense Ball, Pen decided to share some recently overheard gossip with Elle, accidentally tipping her friend off. A few moments later, Pen discovered E in her room. Having toasted about and discovered Penelope's hidden stress of Lady Whistledown's cash. Pen att 
attempted to convince Eloise that she was mistaken, but all of her evidence come pouring out of her, leading to an apology from Pam that turns into a lot of tears, anger, insults, and the heaviest scene of the finale. Lady Farrington chose her contrary daughters over Lord Farrington. That one was for me a very creepy thing because he and her, nah, I never would have thought about that. This one is a bit tough for me because even though Lady Farrington and the new Lord Farrington are both sorta of terrible, I did find them Nah, in a way hot together, but I definitely wanted Lady Farrington to go some horizontal time in with the younger man. But, that was not to be. Because even though the two had begun scamming members of the town to recoup their money financial losses, the Bridgerton season 2 finale saw Lady Farrington do something basically decent by dumping the new lord, kicking him out and choosing the team over three nothing and contrary daughters. Benedict quit art school. We all remember Benedict going to the sexy art salon in season 1 and he got even more serious about honing his, um, well, uh, talents in the most recent episodes. Benedict applied to the Art Academy and was accepted, making friends, finding a lover in model student Tessa, and doing quite well with stu studies. Unfortunately, they finally saw him find out that his Helpful, big bro, Anthony, had made a large donation to the academy just in time for Benedict's acceptance. So, Benedict has now lost all faith in his talent and officially left art school behind. Well, at least for now. Will Mondridge in a success thanks to Colin. I was personally surprised to see that the Duke of Hastings' old friend, boxer Will Mondridge, had a part to play in Bridgerton Season 2. After becoming involved in a scheme with the previous Lord Federington, which cost the old man his life, Will left boxing behind and opened a fancy gentleman's club bar. The establishment was slow to take off. But after Will warned Colin Bridgerton of the potential danger of investing his money with the new Lord Farrington, Colin Farrington rewarded Will by bringing a number of well-paying patrons to his new club, hopefully ensuring that he will be the big success for many Bridgerton seasons to come. Adrena might find love with Prince Friedrich. Alright. You guys, this is major. If you like me, spend much of the season feelings bad that Adrena was generally falling in love with Anthony while he and Kate were 
legitimately falling in love with each other. Then the Fennington Ball brought some additional much needed possible good news. As Adrina and everyone else present watched Kate and Anthony do a Regency dance filled with way more sexual tension and of to be allowed to an orchestral cover of puppet wrecking ball. Queen Charles staved off rumors by saying that the failed wedding between Adrina and Anthony was simply because the ruler changed her mind and the pairing. Then, in an act of kindness, which was probably at least partially motivated by wanting her chosen diamond of season to have a good match, Charlotte told Edrina about her nephew, Prince Friedrich, announcing that he's still available, much to the children of the nearby Caldorp ladies. This means that if we are very lucky, we will get to see at least a bit of courtship between Adrina Sharma and Prince Friedrich in season 3. With both of them deserving a win in love after he lost out with Daphne in the first season. I'm already enjoying this idea of these two together. Make it happen, Rated 10! Now that we have gone over the biggest events of Bridgerton Season 2 ending, you know what that means. We can obsess over that to come in the already renewed Season 3 and Season 4 Bridgerton! Yay! Now, let's talk about some of the characters of Season 2. Kate Sharma Kate is one of the new Sharma family, guests of Bridgerton's influential Lady Dunbury, who is sponsoring the debut season of Adrena, Kate's youngest half-sister. The sisters and Lady Mary Sharma arrive in London from Bombay seeking a love match for Adrena. Adrena Sharma Adrina Sharma is the young debutante who comes to England to find her husband under the watchful eyes of her mother, her older sister, but also Lady Dunbury. She is a pet of Lady Dunbury and proves popular among the town. Lady Mary Sharma Adrina's mother, Lady Mary, faces some gossip upon her return to London, surrounding her original departure years earlier, proving what a young, what a long memory the town has. In the name of Adrina's marriage prospects, though, her mother must play the game. Jack Featherton Jack Featherton is the new Lord of Featherton, Lord Featherton, following the death of Archibald Featherton. After being set up with Prudence Farrington after one of her mother's themes, Jack shows growing romantic interest in Portia, who seems to return the sentiment. Jack and Portia share their kiss. Arr! They end up growing after apart after Portia decides to protect her daughters instead of following Jack to America.
Jack collects advancements from wealthy London noblemen. One of those noblemen is Colin Bridgerton, who later uncovers the Falks gemstones as such. Jack Fennington tells everyone he owns gems and gold mines in the America. He is assumed wealthy by everyone, which his family finds out later it is a scandal lie, because the mines supposedly filled with gemstones are empty, and the travelled and he travelled to London on his last penny. Lord Fetterton then proceeds scheme with Portia Fetterton. They swindle the wealthy noblemen of London into investing in the unfruitful mines in the America. Theo Sharp Theo Sharp is a printer's assistant with a quick mind and fierce political beliefs who falls into the path of one of Bridgerton's young ladies. Lord Edmund Bridgerton Lord Edmund Bridgerton, the father of the eight Bridgerton siblings, died suddenly in 1803, leaving his beloved wife and children bequraved. Season 2 flashback about his life and how his son sees him die before his eyes. He has been stung by a bee and dies. Dear listeners, I'd like to thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you like it and I like try to be the first as much as I can. Tell me what you think how I'm doing with this podcast. If you have any tips for me how I can do things better, let me know. If you like to talk about this episode or want to comment on this episode, you can reach out on the Facebook group and the YouTube channel. The next episode is about James Cameron Avatar. I'm your host Serena. Thank you for listening, and I will see you in two weeks.